Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. September 23rd has come and gone and the Lord has not returned. The false prophet who made this prediction has been exposed for who he is. Although we know that no one can know the day or the hour, today, Pastor J.D. will remind us that there's nothing wrong with desiring the Lord's return, even being excited about His return. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 24th, 2017. Okay. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about what was arguably one of the busiest, if not the busiest weeks in Bible prophecy, uh, at least as long as I can remember. We've been doing these for... Oh my, uh, 11, 12 years now? I had more hair back then when we started doing them. <laughs> um, I'm going to kindly ask that you bear with me. I'm going to try to work through and sort through all that's happened just in the span of one week. And I need to begin by sharing with you something the Lord had placed on my heart concerning the excitement on the part of many well-meaning Christians, and they are well-meaning, but it's as it relates to this Revelation 12, September 23rd um, alignment that had taken place uh, supposedly yesterday. Six years ago, back in 2011, I too had become super excited about the possibility of the rapture happening in September. It's always an exciting time of the year because of the fall feast, particularly the Feast of Trumpets. So much so that at that time, again, this is six years ago now, in my prophecy updates, I really emphasized this need to be watching and to be ready. The Lord is going to come at an hour we expect not and that we're always to be ready. And uh, I was very careful and uh, also very prayerful not to go anywhere near date setting for what I think and hope are uh, seen as obvious reasons. But I did talk extensively about the imminence of the rapture. Uh, I've never stopped talking about that, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> over the years. And I have no intention of uh, not talking about that. Um, but specifically, I was really emphasizing the need to be ready. And I always couch it in terms of, and, and you hear me say this often, we need to be as ready for the rapture if it were today as we would be if it were not years from today. 
We're going to occupy until he comes. However, as cautious as I was, there was still a number of people who were very disappointed when nothing happened. And thankfully, the Lord taught me some very valuable lessons because of this, especially every year uh, in September. And then this year, of course, being uh, more so what's known as a high watch time, as it's uh, called. But I want to share with you one of the greatest lessons that I learned in all of this. And I also want to share with you how the Lord ministered this to me. The Lord doesn't fault us for being excited for his return. Don't let the enemy do that to you. In fact, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy said that, uh, you know, he had come to the end of his life, he had ran the race, he was going to finish well, and now what awaited him was this crown of righteousness, and it wasn't only waiting for him, but it was waiting for all of us who long for ache for, watch for, even groan for his return. I never imagined the Lord faulting anyone for being excited about his soon return. So after September of 2011, the Lord ministered this to me in a very interesting way. It was sort of confirmed as the Lord was, um, you know, walking me through this. And it came through a sister in Christ who at the time was here in this church. She's uh, with her husband since moved to the mainland. But she shared with me how that she had started inviting her brother to the church uh, in 2011. And he was sitting under the teaching of God's Word. He was uh, there for the prophecy updates. And it resulted in him coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of it, especially that year because of just the excitement, just the sheer excitement of the possibility of the Lord's return. So then, after he gets saved, he, in his concern for his wife, who wasn't, he buys an insurance policy with the hopes that if, for whatever reason, uh, she's left behind, she doesn't come to the Lord, then perhaps she would be uh, provided for after the rapture. Well, who knew? Uh, Shortly after, he would end up being diagnosed with cancer, and he would go home to be with the Lord. I did his memorial service. I'll never forget it. Very powerful. So here's what happens. His wife, because of that, comes to Christ. All because of the urgency and the expectancy of the soon return of Jesus Christ. So again, and the reason I share this is because God's word never returns void. And never underestimate what God can do in spite of those who make these predictions and set these dates. You don't think God can take that and use even that to bring people to Him. I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to encourage one another, as the Apostle Paul would admonish the Thessalonians, encourage one another with these words. Here's the thing. (laughs) 
I am personally of the belief, and some of you are going to say, here he goes. (laughs) I am personally of the belief that the rapture is closer than any of us could possibly even imagine now. Now. Come on, pastor, you say that every week. I know. (laughs) And I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm going to say it again this week, and I want to share with you a couple of reasons why I truly believe with all my heart that the Lord's return is closer than we might even imagine. It's as Jesus said in Matthew 24, 44, that he will come at an hour we do not expect. So many, again, well-meaning Christians, longing for the Lord's return, expected that he would come back on or about the 23rd, and then he doesn't come back. So now what? They're not expecting it? Well, then Jesus said, well, that's when I'm going to come. (laughs) No? Okay. Well, here's the first reason that I really believe this. Did you uh, watch any of this year's uh, UN General Assembly? Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Again, because of the sheer volume of developments, you're going to need to bear with me. I'm going to have to paint the prophetic canvas with a broad brush. And I want to start with this email from an online member and friend uh, who works at Fox News in New York, Kelly McGuire. She sent this to me on Monday. Now, this was the day that all of these meetings were taking place. And this was interesting. She said told by Israeli source that for the first time Netanyahu will be in the room when a U.S. president speaks. He's making a point to be there. Also, the president will be facing the North Korean delegation as they are seated on the front row this time around. Not sure who will be in place for them. No response from mission. Also, one more note. The leaders of Russia, China, and Germany skipped out on this year's UN General Assembly. Thought you'd find that interesting. Instead, today, this is Monday, Putin attended war games involving his military. Uh, To say that this was interesting (laughs) would be a gross understatement uh, because of the assembly that would ensue starting on Tuesday, And again, time doesn't permit me to get into too much detail, but I was just really astonished by the numerous speeches, particularly from Trump and Netanyahu. Maybe that's another topic for another time. Uh, I do have some concerns, and I'll share a little bit about that as we uh, get further into this. Uh, suffice it to say... There was this common theme throughout this year's assembly, and it was that of wars and threats of wars, with nations rising up against nations. And I have to say that what really stood out to me this year was what I'll call the demonic rhetoric. And that's what it was. It was demonic. It was satanic. And chiefly from Iran's Rouhani, who characterized Trump's speech the day before as, quote, ignorant, absurd, and full of hateful rhetoric. 
This coming from Iran's President Rouhani. Let's see. Uh, death to America and death to Israel. Hmm. I digress. Um, he even said that it was, quote, ridiculously baseless and unfit to be heard at the UN, then threatened force if the U.S. left the nuclear accord, which is interesting to me. Why are they so concerned about the United States pulling out of Barack Hussein Obama's nuclear deal? Come on. You understand, right, what's going on here? As the Apostle Paul would say in his epistles, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. And oh, by the way, you know that they just test-fired a, a missile. And oh, by the way, I have a few by-the-ways today. Uh, by the way, whenever you hear North Korea, uh, and by the way, <laughs> like I said, you have a lot of by-the-ways. I need to work on a different word or phrase here, but when you think or hear North Korea, please put with North Korea slash Iran. North Korea slash Iran. And understand that the money is and has been for the last 10 years collectively in concert one with the other uh, when it comes to nuclear weapons, uh, Iran and North Korea. I do cringe when people just write this guy off as being just a looney tune. And I also have to say that, and I, while there is a humorous part to Trump's, uh, you know, famous uh, names, uh, Rocket Man. <laughs> okay, well, you're going to have to be patient with me on that one. Um, this isn't, um, I think that uh, kind of puts it into a, a category of silliness where it really shouldn't belong. This is not... Silliness. This is seriousness. This is seriousness. And if you can't or won't take North Korea seriously, you absolutely should take Iran seriously. And when you make synonymous Iran with North Korea, I think uh, you uh, will and should. So that was Rouhani, but uh, he was not to be outdone by the likes of one Mahmoud Abbas. Okay, I have to confess, I didn't watch it. I had to read the text. Otherwise, my blood pressure would go up and my asthma would come back and it wouldn't be good. So uh, anyway, I just um, had to read the text. That way I um, wouldn't destroy a TV and have to buy a new one. So, um, well, it seems like he's holding the UN responsible for ending what he calls Israeli apartheid. Uh, he's even demanding that the UK apologize for the 1917 Balfour Declaration, which is interesting uh, because for those of you who know the truth about history, not the revisionist history, but if you know the truth about history, what you know is, is that these so-called Palestinians were actually given a state of their own in 1917, but they rejected it. 
And if you search, you'll find it. Don't Google it. Google censors all of the uh, searches, by the way. I, think, I hope you know that. So you try to search something and, uh, on Google, and Facebook is, by the way, like this as well. Uh, they censor the truth. And so you go to Google, you try to find, you won't find it, find a different search engine, and you'll find the truth about what happened in 19, what actually happened in 1917. And that wasn't the first time that they were given a state. It's right there in the Declaration. But they were given a state as well. They don't want a state. Come on. They don't want peace with Israel. They want the destruction of Israel. And that is prophetic, as we've been talking about for years. What really struck me was not so much the speech by Abbas at the UN, it was Trump's meeting with Abbas prior to the UN. In it, Abbas had the audacity to tell Trump a peace deal between the Jews and the Palestinians can be reached this year. This year. So I went to some of my sources, and according to Ynet News, Abbas said his meeting with Trump on the sidelines of the U.N. General Assembly meeting in New York attested to the U.S. president's seriousness about reaching a Middle East peace deal soon. If this is any proof, quoting, to anything, it attests to the seriousness of your excellency, Mr. President, speaking of Trump, to achieve the deal of the century in the Middle East during this year or in the coming months, God willing. You have to understand when you read in English, God willing, in Arabic it's inshallah, which means Allah willing. And that's that distinction needs to be made. I'm not going to take the time to get into that. But Allah is a false god, Islam a false religion, and Muhammad a false prophet. Okay? And please, Allah is not the same as Jehovah. He's the moon god. He's a false god. Okay. So, um, <laughs> this is what Abbas said through an interpreter. What was Trump's response to this? Well, Trump, meanwhile, pledged to devote everything, quote, within his heart and soul to bringing peace to the Middle East. What? Did he really say that? Quote, We're looking seriously at peace and maybe ultimately peace in the whole of the Middle East. I think we have a pretty good shot. Maybe the best shot ever. And that's what we're looking to do, he said, ahead of his meeting with Abbas. It's a complex subject, the American president admitted. Always been considered the toughest deal of all, but I think we have a very, very good chance, and I certainly will devote everything, and here it is, within my heart and within my soul to get that deal made. That's a concern to me. Because... You know what that means, right? Peace and security with Jews and Palestinians living side by side in peace and security. Sudden destruction will come upon them as a woman 
travailing in labor, 1 Thessalonians 5.3, and don't forget Daniel 9.27. Once that peace, seven-year peace deal is made, the deal of the century, the ultimate deal that the president has just admitted he will pour his heart and his soul into making, And is he not the art of the deal guy? Just saying. And is he, oh, here you go, pastor. You're bashing Trump. I can already see the emails. So, and all the comments. And Trump said his team of advisors was working very hard on the issue, as were Israel, and this is interesting, Saudi Arabia and other nations. That's Ezekiel 3018. Uh, 38 verse 13 concerning Saudi Arabia. So, again, quoting the president, we'll see if we can put it together. Who knows? (laughs) Stranger things have happened, but I think we have a good chance, he asserted. We're at a very important juncture. And then he says this, and this is what really caught my attention. There's a small period of time, and we're going to see what we can do. Translated, when the iron's hot, strike it. The iron is hot. And I would submit it's about to be struck. And a deal is about to be struck because the window is closing. The time is now. Abbas is saying it. Everybody else is saying it. All of the Arab nations are saying it, particularly Saudi Arabia. It's kind of their deal to begin with. Well, that's just one part of many moving parts because all of this is happening with the backdrop of a Russia that's absent from the UN, conspicuously so, but present in Syria. While all of this was taking place in New York this last week, there were significant developments that for the most part went unnoticed, even Unreported, especially here in the U.S. And what I'm speaking of is the formidable threat that Russia poses within Syria and because of Syria to, you know who? Us, the United States. What? Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, so uh, Russia's threatening the United States now. So I go back to my sources, Ynet News, on Thursday... Russia is threatening to target U.S.-backed fighters in Syria if they are provoked. Let me quote the report quickly and briefly. Russia warned the United States, the United States, it would target areas in Syria where U.S. special forces, please pray for our military. Please pray for our military and pray for our police officers too. Please where U.S. special forces and U.S.-backed militia were operating if its own forces came under fire from them. Oh, okay, so only if their their forces come under fire from ours. So it's okay, right? Uh, Not so fast. Uh, It's already happened twice. And now Russia's saying, no more. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass 
in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's Prophecy Update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this Prophecy Update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.